This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana. Welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. First of all, thank you so much to everyone who tuned in last week. I am so overjoyed by the response from my first episode as a single host of this podcast and also just the response to the episode, Learning to Love Your Single Self with Sarah Sassone. I... The, the messages that Sarah and I got were so humbling and, and so amazing and inspiring. And I just, I really love this community of, of listeners and people who are just like here to be open and real and work through our shit together. So thank you to everyone who is sticking by and sticking around to see what's next. And speaking of what's next, I could not be more excited about something new that is unfolding in this new chapter of seeing other people. And we're actually going to kick it off today with the inaugural episode of a new series called Seeing Other People Unfiltered. When I was thinking about what direction I wanted to take the podcast in, I knew that I didn't want to really change much because I love what Jonah and I built with Seeing Other People. And I love the conversations that we've been able to have and the guests we've brought on. But I started to realize that there's kind of this missing piece of podcasts and dating podcasts in general. And that's that 
a lot of the guests that people bring on and and the stories that we hear are mainly from higher profile people or people who are influencers, celebrities, comedians, or experts. And yes, I am going to continue bringing those people on for normal seeing other people episodes because they do have so much to offer. But what I feel like is missing is that a lot of us, like myself and everyone who's listening, like we're just normal people dealing with shit that people deal with when it comes to dating and relationships. And so I had the idea to actually bring on listeners and friends and normal people just like us who are struggling with dating or who have struggled or who have gone through something that either was isolating or life-changing or traumatizing or really impacted the way they date and the way they approach dating apps and relationships and everything that comes with modern dating. And so that is where the idea of unfiltered came from. So I'm really going to be bringing on listeners and, and friends and just normal people to really talk about the things they've been through and the things they have experienced or are currently experiencing and how it's impacted them and what they wish they knew going through it. And some of these topics and conversations are going to be about like, starting to explore being bisexual and bisexual dating or having body issues with dating or thinking that you're not good at sex or being 30 and single while everyone around you is getting engaged, getting married, having kids or dating with an STD, finding out that you have an STD, having to tell somebody about that, um, what it's like dating with an eating disorder and how to navigate that, overcoming religious sexual shame from the way you grew up and and a lot of really cool conversations along those lines. And I already have like so many lined up to record and so many people have reached out and I could not be more excited for these conversations to happen. And so seeing other people unfiltered will generally be a Thursday episode series. The episodes will be a little bit shorter than the Tuesday episodes. And the one big thing that will be different is the majority of these episodes will actually be anonymous in order to allow for the most vulnerable honest, open, and, and just real conversations and discussions. And I really just want seeing other people to be a safe space where people feel like they can come and, and really express what's gone on and, and what has impacted them and where other people can come listen to people who have also gone through the same shit that they're now dealing with or feel isolated and lonely and alone dealing with. And I am just truly so excited and I'm so appreciative of everyone who's already reached out and emailed the show uh, with their ideas. And yeah, so anyone who's listening now, like if there's something you want to talk about or if there is something that you think somebody would benefit from hearing that you've been through or if you have a friend in, who comes to mind, let me know. Shoot me an email, seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. Explain some background to your story and I would love love to have you on. And so Seeing Other People Unfiltered is launching right now with a very special episode with somebody who is very close to my heart. I actually met this incredible person through Patreon. She signed up for a Patreon profile revamp and we got on Zoom and we really disconnected because she has been going through a really difficult breakup and I've experienced that and I related to a lot of the things she had to say. So we've been talking pretty much every day since that profile revamp happened, maybe like three months ago. 
And she is going to come on and share her story about what she's been going through and how it's deeply impacted her. And there might be some tears, there might be some things that feel or sound familiar to you or remind you of something you've been through. But I'm really excited. And without further ado, let's kick off seeing other people unfiltered. Of course, this episode is brought to you by Mindset Wellness CBD. If you are going through anything in your life that's making it maybe a little bit harder to get your work done or to sleep at night, I highly recommend trying out Mindset Wellness CBD's CBD gummies and their drops and all of their CBD products. They really will help you get through the day or get through the night. Uh, if you're struggling to focus at work because you're you're going through something, obviously feel your feelings, but also a focus gummy from Mindset Wellness CBD definitely will help. Uh, if you're struggling to sleep at night, the rest gummies or the calm gummies will really help just like put you in the right mindset. Huh? Mindset, mindset wellness. Um, it'll help you put you in the right mindset to, to do what you need to do and, and get a restful sleep so you can really get through the rest of your week and, and live your life. Um, CBD is really such an amazing thing and, and the way Mindset Wellness CBD has created their products, they're so great. They, they don't get you high. They don't, there's no side effects. You don't feel groggy the next day and you just feel like a better version of yourself. So definitely try it out if you are interested, if you're curious, they have, if you don't know which kind to get, they have a sampler pack. Um, so head to mindsetwellnesscbd.com and use code seeing other people at checkout for 10% off and free shipping. And of course, if you try it, let me know what you think. Okay, so we are here with a very, very, very special guest. And I truly cannot express how appreciative I am that you're joining us today. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be joining. Um, I'm really happy to be here. Yay. I'm really like, I'm going to say it a million times, but I am so happy to have you here. I'm so, so happy to be here. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So why don't we start at the very beginning? Um, obviously this is going to probably be, an, end up being a little emotional at, at certain points. And, um, I, I just want to set the stage out at the beginning. So you reached out at least the beginning for me was we actually set a time for a profile revamp. Um, you signed up for the seeing other people, Patreon, and we met up and I think it was like 10 minutes into it. And I was like, I don't, you don't need help with your profile. That's not <laughs> what's going on here. Your profile is great. You're getting dates. That's not what's happening. Like, and you were like, you're right. <laughs> and I think we very quickly figured out it was more so the, difficulty you were having going through this breakup. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah. I, I had been listening to, to your and Jonah's podcast and I was like, so much of what you were saying just resonated with me. And I was like, even though I never met you, I was like, I feel like I know this girl. Like, I feel like I know her. And I just like, I don't know, I guess like I'd been going on a couple of dates here and there, but nothing I felt super excited about, or I felt like I wasn't really getting like maybe the likes that I wanted to get or like the swipes I wanted to get on, on dating apps. And I was like, you know, I like may as well reach out. And then we just like five minutes in completely bonded. Like, yeah. 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 Guys, literally at the end, I was like, and, and Jonah was on this too. And I was like, all right, like it's a minute to eight, like Jonah's got to go. But if you're still 
like, if you don't have anything after this, I'm going to stay on with you. And I think we t- ended up talking for another like hour after that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, I think, yeah, we talked for like an hour, hour and a half and it was just like, yeah, told our life stories. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and the rest is history. Um, okay. So one thing I'd love if you, uh, would walk us through what happened. Yeah. So I went through a breakup around the new year. I had met this guy, um, for his privacy, I'm going to call him Sam. Um, I had met this guy in, during the pandemic, we ended up dating for eight months, um, had a really kind of confusing and tumultuous breakup. Um, and it was really, 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 or it continues to be very difficult for me and very disappointing. Um, I wrote him a letter, which I know people say don't do in a breakup, but, um, it was just something I had to do for me. It was less about getting closure from, from him. It was more about like saying what I needed to say. And I had stifled for so long. So I think it makes sense to read this letter. And then I kind of would like fill in all the missing pieces. It's perfect. Okay. So sorry, I'm like a little nervous. Okay. Um, Samuel, um, I'm trying to make sense of our time together and I'm having difficulty reconciling complex thoughts and feelings. I was confused, blindsided, hurt, and couldn't understand what happened when you started to change and put up walls. You led me on and it crushed me. I fell so hard and fast for the guy I met on and who came home from the road trip. I wanted you in my life. I wasn't ready to say goodbye. I found myself accepting your terms and accepting a dynamic that was less than what I was accustomed to and less than what I deserved. I kept hoping you would realize I was worth the risk of failing in your duty or letting down. I wanted you to show me I meant more to you than just a way to pass the time until New York. That's how I felt, a way to pass time. I thought if we were together long enough, you'd once again see me as that special girl you said you missed before ever meeting. Instead, you told me to break up with you. You sent a very clear message that I wasn't only not worth the risk of failing or letting down, but I wasn't worthy of you, even after eight months. I wanted nothing more than to finish our adventure, but I got tired of waiting for a battle you didn't want to fight. I needed slightly more than the bare minimum. I needed you to say something nice. You used to keep plastic gloves in your car for me because I was scared of catching COVID from surfaces. And you'd bring me a sleep shirt and boxers to wear when you slept over. You used to tell me that you thought about me while you were trying to fall asleep. You used to tell me how special I am and all the things you liked about me that only someone who really knew me could know and could like. You used to tell me about all the adventures you wanted to take together. You got me a plush woolly mammoth on day six of your road trip when we still had five weeks to go before meeting, but then you didn't let me see the sukkah. You said I could. All of a sudden, what you did became what you used to do. What changed? What happened? We made lots of plans, but we never climbed blue hills. I thought we would. I wish we did. How did we go from talking every night about everything from the spectacular to the mundane to just a Lila Tove text in a Snapchat? It felt empty. How did I get relegated to a weekend hangout when it was convenient for you? How did we go from sneaking kisses, finding every opportunity to see each other, even just to drive me to start my car, sending sweet texts and elevating the moment to the two of us standing outside my door, tears streaming down my face as I begged you to say something nice. No matter how many times I asked, you refused to say something nice. How did we go from you taking a deep breath, going in for a gentle kiss, smiling and saying, I really, really like you, to what feels like apathy? Slowly then all at once, you became apathetic and tried to change our relationship in the extreme without any explanation as to why or consideration of me. 
I think you took me for granted and I'm not sure you truly respected me. I don't think you appreciated me or how hard I worked and how much I gave to our relationship. You took advantage of my generosity and kindness. At times, you treated me like an afterthought and a burden. It felt like you were punishing me and I was getting the short end of the stick because of what happened with your ex. It was almost as though you were working through your unresolved feelings for her at my expense. Sam, I felt a little bit, a lot in love, and you were worth it to me in every way, but according to you, we weren't really dating. It was demeaning, belittling, and hurtful. We were really dating. You got all the perks of a relationship without accepting any of the responsibility. You treated me like a girlfriend and acted like a boyfriend, but with an a la carte approach to a commitment and behavior. The emotional boundaries became difficult and confusing to navigate. You wouldn't provide a map, so I kept getting lost. A few days before we broke up, you texted me. I worry that I can't give you the amount of attention that you deserve, and that I'm bringing you more disappointment than happiness. Are we okay to keep in touch lightly? If not, I completely understand. I know it's a hard time for you, and I see how much you're struggling, but I can't be someone that you depend on. You spoke often about duty. Sam, if you really cared about your duty, and if you cared about failing in it, you would have broken up with me. It was selfish not to. You should have done it the moment you realized you didn't have feelings for me, and the moment you realized you didn't want to commit. Sam, if you really feared you were disappointing me, if you cared about me at all, you would have ended it. It would have been the dutiful and honorable act. Instead, you acknowledged I was struggling. You acknowledged you were causing me more pain. You said I you acknowledged I deserved better. You said I couldn't count on you, but still, you did nothing. You didn't care. It wasn't worth it for you to do something. In that same text, you said, I'm not in a time in my life where I want to be in a serious relationship. I was in one until this past March, and I still need some time before I'm ready to commit to being there for someone. For the first five months, why act like a boyfriend and provide emotional support only to retract it? You emotionally abandoned me. Why insist on becoming casual for the final three when we both know we weren't casual? Why seek out and initiate a relationship in the first place? Why string me along? You never be ready for me. If I were the right person, you would have made yourself ready and you would have fought for me. You didn't fight, not even a little. With apparent ease, you just let me go and you moved on. It was like I made no imprint or impact on your life. Maybe all along, I was just some girl you matched with on Tinder. It was so painfully obvious how deep and intense my feelings were for you. It was so obvious that I wanted more of a commitment from you than what you wanted to give. I vulnerably opened up my heart and my life to you. I would have given you the world and done anything for you, and I even tried. It was obvious that I was hurting. You hurt me. You broke my heart. The onus never should have been on me to end it. I never should have been put in that position. I didn't want to be put in that position. The magnitude of the strength it took to walk away from you is tremendous. But I have to believe that I am worthy enough for someone, even if only me. I'm sorry because I know I hurt you too. I'm sure you could write a letter worth of hurt that I imperfectly and unknowingly caused. I hope you can forgive me. I forgive you. Sam, while I wish it could have been me, I sincerely hope you find the girl who's worth it to you in all the ways you're worth it to me. I hope you tell her. I hope you fight for her. She'll be lucky to have you. Remember that first weekend we spent together after you came home from the road trip? It was really special. You parked the MDX and walked towards me with the biggest smile on your face. I had the dopiest one on mine. You tried doing some bit with your Tinder profile, but I was too distracted to focus on anything except for this seemingly perfect guy standing in front of me in a perfect moment. We softly said hi and then immediately embraced in a tight hug. The first of many hugs. 
You kissed me, you tilted my head up and looked deep into my eyes, smiled and said, let me look at your beautiful green eyes. What a moment, what an unbelievable moment. Everything about that night and that first weekend, it all took my breath away. I'm glad we shared it, all of it, even the end. I eagerly seeked up every fleeting moment and adventure we took. When we spent time together, you were kind, affectionate, and you made me happy and smile. I felt comfortable and safe with you. For a while, I thought we could end up together and it was mutual, even still. Newport, Harvard Square, World's End, Seaport, the Cordova, Golden Temple, Minuteman, Public House, Big Mouth, Sunday morning pancakes, all the hours spent driving around in the MDX, untapped toast, flat champagne, all the laughs and nerdy deep talks and countless more cherished memories. We should be friends. We have so many common interests, adventuring, hiking, science, history, museums, guns, germs, and steel, live music. We have similar wor worldviews and we have fun together. We should try. We owe it to those two people forever and blissfully living in that moment when they first met. <sighs> Sam, if you let me, I could have really deeply loved you. I wish you had let me. Lila Tove. You guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic, and when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning, and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend, who happens to be a doctor, and she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family 10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, 
and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold, and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right, all right, I know that everyone has their hands up. And I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi-infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off, farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. First of all, you made it, You that was beautiful. Like you Thank read you. that so beautifully and, and you made it through that way better than I ever could. And like, I've been choked up this entire time you've been reading it and probably had the chills like 17 times. Um, second of all, I know what you do for a living and you're not a writer and you should be one. (laughs) (laughs) So just keep that in mind. Um, Okay. So when after your breakup did you write this letter? Um, I pretty much spent the entire three weeks after a breakup writing this letter. And, And did you send it to him? I did send it to him and he did respond. Okay. So just to catch our listeners up. So what was his response like? And you don't have to read it, um, but like, what was the nature of it? Um, he was, I will say he was apologetic. Like I'll give him credit for that, but he pretty much missed the point entirely. Um, he basically was just like, I'm sorry that you feel that way, but it's time we move on. Yeah. At what point in the relationship did things kind of start to change? I guess it's like 
I feel like maybe I should like fill in a lot of the gaps because yeah. I, I, I can start from the beginning maybe if that would be helpful. Yeah. So we actually matched on my birthday a little over a year ago and we were maybe like eight weeks into the pandemic. Um, and he was like the first guy I'd matched with where we talked about things other than the pandemic. Like it just was really comfortable. And the next day we video chatted and just like really hit it off. Um, he was, we were, we both graduated college in 2019, but he had done an extra year of school, like for a master's program and had moved back home for like the pandemic planning to start work in the fall. So he basically had this like summer off, um, where he and his friend were going to go on this six week long cross country road trip across America. Um, so we literally like video chatted twice. He followed me on all social media, like literally Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, not Twitter, not Twitter <laughs> Snapchat, uh, even LinkedIn. Like, it was just like, follow our adventures on the road trip. In my head, I'm like, all right, you know, it's a pandemic. This guy is like going across the country. I'm never going to see him. I'm never going to hear from him again. Right. But he was like super adamant that we keep in touch because he really wanted to see me when he got back. Um, so for seven weeks, we were virtual for seven weeks. He and I, cause I guess there was like a week in between when we matched and when he went on this road trip, um, we would just talk every single night. Like we were up texting, uh, we'd video chat all the time and just like really got to know each other in a way that I've never gotten to know anyone before. Yeah. And it was, it was basically like we had met, like gone on two video calls. He goes on this road trip and all of a sudden we were in this relationship. Like it was really just like intense. Um, he comes back from the road trip. It's like the first weekend of July and we plan on seeing each other. And it's just like, um, it's just like this incredible moment. It's like you meeting someone for the first time, but you're already like in love with them a little bit in love with them because you just know, like, like you just know their soul. Like you just know who they are and, yeah, it was just like this amazing weekend, um, you know, and I remember just like laying in the grass with him in the Boston Public Gardens and we were just like, this feels so comfortable, like this feels really good. And I remember just thinking like, like, yeah, like this is a guy, like I'm going to date him and like, yeah. this is going to be a thing. It's like, this is everything you like, want. This, like, this is everything. Is what you, like what you've he, been looking for. And he was so it. like perfect on paper, like, you know, Ivy League educated, already had deferred admission to business school, had a really good job, like was tall and I was very attracted to him, but also just like, we had this unbelievable connection, just like intellectually and emotionally and physically, and just also had all the same interests and really valued the same things. Yeah. So for the next couple months, like our relationship continued to progress and, you know, he would sleep over every weekend and he would come over a couple times a week. Sometimes he would just literally like sit in my bed as I worked and just would like watch me work. Um, you know, we'd go on these adventures together. I was starting to meet his friends. He was starting to meet my friends. Like he had met my sisters. Um, just like no question in my mind that like, okay, we're, you know, heading towards this like serious relationship. Cause that was kind of yeah. what was happening. So at what point did he come out and say like, no, we're not really dating? So the end of August, beginning of September, we hadn't yet had the like, what are we talk? So I was just like, you know, what are we expecting to be like, okay, like you're my girlfriend, whatever. 
And he was like, so I guess the other thing is that he was planning to move to New York and he was just like, you know, I really like you. This has nothing to do with you, but like, I never see myself doing long distance with someone. I like really want to keep doing this while I'm here. But like, and I was just like, okay, because New York felt so far off. Like it didn't feel like it was going to happen. And I was just like, I really like this guy. Like I want to see where things go. And so things kind of continue as they are. A couple of weeks later, it's like the middle of September. He starts his job. And I feel like things are kind of shifting in our relationship. Like our relationship began to feel a little one-sided. Like just, he kind of like stopped asking about my day and our relationship kind of felt like it hit a standstill. So I asked him about it. Well, actually, our, we were talking about love languages and I asked him what his love language was. And then I was like, mine's words of affirmation. And he was like, that's my worst one. And I was like, well, you used to be really good at it. And then he sends me this text, which is bad. Don't have conversations over text. Um, I appreciate that you want to show up for me authentically. I want to be fully authentic with you as well. Something that's extremely important to me is duty. It's something I don't take lightly. The reason I don't see myself dating someone at this point in my life is not because I'm interested in running around sleeping with lots of people. That isn't important to me at all. What is important to me is that I don't always want to feel like I'm letting someone down, i.e. failing in my duty. I really enjoy spending time with you and I appreciate many wonderful things about you and how much I have to learn from you. I also understand now that affirmation is important to you and I will try to do a better job of giving it to you more consistently because I want you to be satisfied. I think it's important for me to bring this up because I worry I can't give you all the attention that you deserve, both because I'm starting work now and because it's not how I authentically operate. I hope that we can continue spending time together on the weekends while I'm in Boston and chatting a bit during the week, but I feel bad that I wasn't really being myself over the summer. We were talking for so long every night. I guess it was myself, but at a different time stage of my life. What I'm really trying to say is I hope I don't disappoint you and I'd feel terrible if I was. So this was maybe about like four and a half months, four months, I guess, into dating. What doesn't make sense, like what bothers me about that, and it's, it's, it is nice that he like, he, he's trying to be upfront, he is, but what is hard to swallow is him being like, I wasn't being myself for those four and a half months. Like I wasn't like, that wasn't me. Okay, I guess it was me, but like not really, but kind of. It's just like, it's so wishy-washy. And it's like, no, like you acted this way. You said these things, you did these things. And it, it's just, it's frustrating to hear that because it's like the way he treated you and, and the things that you guys were doing and the way you were in each other's lives was a relationship. By definition of every single thing you did, it was a relationship. And he's like, I'm not in a place in my life to date right now. Like, well, guess what? You were literally dating. Like you were a boyfriend to a girl who was your girlfriend. It was also just like, I was just like, what? Like, where is this coming from? Like, it was so confusing. And it felt a little like off base for what the conversation was that we were having. Um, And also just like, if I had never brought that up, like, would you have ever shared that with me? Like, like, I don't know. He kind of just would behave as he felt fit and just left me to fill in all the blanks. Same thing with the, the, what are we conversation? Had you not brought that up? Like, would he never have said like, Oh, like we're not dating, you know, like that's hard because it's, it's just so confusing. And it's like, well then what, but you're still kind of like showing up for me when you want. Yeah. It's, I mean, I should have broken up with him right then and there. Like it, I should have, but I didn't. And it's, again, it was a pandemic. Like it was, it's hard to like make your bubble smaller than it was. And like things kind of carried on 
and nothing really seemed to change. Like we became this like pseudo serious relationship with an expiration date. Like there was a level of commitment and accountability to one another that just doesn't, well, A, there's no such thing as a casual relationship. Like right. when you call some, you can date someone casually. You can't be in a casual relationship. It, it doesn't exist. Um, but it just, it was really just very confusing because he would really rely on me for his emotional support. And he did, but it was like very picky choosy what I could rely on him on. And I guess, meanwhile, my life was really kind of spiraling out of control. And also like it was a pandemic and it was just very stressful and isolating. Like I had a lot going on and it wasn't even that I like needed to rely on him for that. It was just like, he like pretended none of that stuff in my life was even happening. Right. And and Um, you're going through all of this and still showing up for him. Yeah. It was like our relationship became progressively very, very one-sided. I would plan these really like, I guess the, I guess the other thing is like every night he would text me Lila Tov. Like that was our thing. We'd say Lila Tov and then like, which means good night in Hebrew. And then like our Hebrew names, um, we started that maybe like a week or two into us knowing each other. And like until the very last day that we dated, yeah. um, which also is not casual. Yeah. It doesn't feel casual to me, Not but, really. you know, every weekend he would sleep over and I'd plan these adventures for him and I would like work really hard and he just wasn't super appreciative and kind of took it for granted. Um, Anyways, our relationship kind of began to feel more extreme. Uh, This like one-sidedness, I guess, I guess the other thing is that so much of that relationship was so confusing. It was me trying to like understand what happened. It was like being in a relationship with two different people. It really was just this like shift that happened. Anyways, it's like around the new year and I had to work through the holidays, like like planned to have this one night for us to spend together. Um, and I like worked it out with my job that like I could have this one night, which meant that like they had to turn their schedules around. And I planned this like really, really special evening for us around his schedule because he was going to be hanging out with his friends in kind of like a non COVID safe way that I wasn't super comfortable with. Um, so I like got us a ticket to this virtual concert because we both really like live music and I planned like a very fun outdoor adventure for us. And I got us all these special treats to eat and um, found like a restaurant we could eat out at doors that would have like heat lamps and whatever. And just like plan this really, really special evening. And it's the night before. And he texts me and he was like, I just want you to know that like I saw my friends today. And I was like, what? And he was like, I saw them today, but like, it shouldn't be a big deal. And I was like, well, we planned this night around your schedule because you were going to see them like later in the week in a way that like I wasn't super comfortable with, but whatever. I just took it and we end up like hanging out in this socially distanced way. Like it's dark out, it's snowing, it's cold. We go in this like stupid walk and we get back to my apartment and I just start to cry. Like I'm literally crying in front of him and I'm just like, I need you. I need you, please. Like I need you. Like my life just felt really, really hard at that moment. Like I felt like the weight of the world on my shoulders. And he just like looks at me. He's just like, doesn't take any responsibility. Doesn't like acknowledge that like he ruined this night. Just like, it's like you have so much in your life to be grateful for. And I was like, I know that. And I just was like, but I really need you. Anyways, he just like went home 
And it was just like the end of that. And I like, whatever, I like gave him the ticket to the stupid virtual concert. Cause like, I didn't want to watch it. And then it's like a couple nights later and we're video chatting and we used to play this game, like the question game together, where we just like ask each other silly questions. And it came up again about meeting my parents. So after we'd been dating for maybe like four or five months, my parents had expressed an interest in wanting to meet him, um, which he was like super, super shady and would like refuse to meet, meet, meet them. Anyways, eventually he did meet them for like five minutes. And he was like, I don't understand why your parents want to meet me so badly. Like, don't they know we're not really dating? And I was like, well, we are really dating. Um, so and you're the person I spend all of my time with and talk to every single day. And it's like, yeah, I was like, well, we are really dating. It's just like, you know, we just don't necessarily, it's just not necessarily forever. And we get into this kind of like, I end up telling him like a very personal reason of something that happened to someone in my family, like why my parents wanted to meet him so badly. And he kind of like stonewalls the conversation, like shuts down, like hangs up the video chat. I like text him about it. I was like, you know, I feel really unsettled by how that conversation ended. Like I would have appreciated a little more sensitivity. Um, like, can we continue talking? And I like try to calm back. He doesn't answer. He's just like, I need space. Mm-hmm. And then I don't hear from him for like maybe 36 hours. And then he sends me this text. Um, I hope work is going well today. I'm sorry about last night. I wasn't expecting you to share something like that and should have recognized that it was something you wanted to talk about more before we ended the call. I appreciate you respecting my need for space. The past couple of days, I felt a little overwhelmed. I hate feeling like I've let you down and apologizing all the time and that I'm not responsive enough when spending time with family or friends. I really do want to keep things casual. I'm not in a time in my life where I want to be in a serious relationship. I was in one until this past March and I still need some time before I'm ready to commit to being there for someone. I enjoy hanging out with you and have enjoyed all of our adventures and sleepovers over the past few months. I'd be happy to keep doing that in the first few months of 2021, but I wanted to check in to make sure we were on the same page. I worry that I can't give you the amount of attention that you deserve and that I'm bringing you more disappointment than happiness. Are we okay to keep in touch lightly, e.g. the occasional text or Snapchat over the next week, and then we'll catch up? If not, I completely understand. I know it's a hard time for you, and I see how much you're struggling, but I can't be someone that you depend on. I'm sorry. And I apologize to him because that's what happens. That's what we do. That's what we do. I like profusely apologize to him. And I sat with this for like a couple of days. It was just like, I had no intention of breaking up with him. And I'm like sitting in my bed one day and I'm working. It's like, I don't know, like a Sunday and I'm working and I'm just exhausted. Like I feel really miserable. I I'm miserable and I feel stressed and I feel anxious about all the times that like, I'm not going to see him. Like, I honestly felt like I couldn't keep in touch lightly. Like I didn't know how to restrain myself. And I, I just, I just was miserable and I just like, I couldn't do it anymore. And I texted and I called him and I was like, can we talk? I prefer to do it in person. And he came over and, um, we broke up and it was really, really sad. Like, people don't realize how hard it is to walk away from someone you love, like to call someone, I guess, um, like, you know, no, like calling him and knowing I was never going to see him again. Felt like I was probably never going to hear from him again. Um, and I just remember thinking like, 
this is a guy I could find like adventure in the monotony with. Like it could be a middle of the pandemic where there's nothing to do and nowhere to go. And we could just be like in my bed, not doing anything. And it would feel like amazing. Like it would feel extraordinary and spectacular. And to have to walk away from that is just like gut-wrenching. Yeah. So that's, that's what I want to, one thing I really want to talk about because I feel like in, in hearing your story and and for me, this is the second time I'm hearing it, but for the listeners, it's their first time hearing it. I feel like there are a lot of moments where people are probably thinking like, well, he told you like, I can't give you what you need. And he like started to not treat you well, even though in the beginning it was amazing. And he kept saying like, no, like we have to keep this casual or like, I don't want to meet your family. And it's like, one thing that you said really stuck with me and I really relate to a lot where you were like, people don't understand how hard it is to walk away from someone you love. Cause a lot of people are probably listening being like, well, like why didn't you just break up with him? And it's like, it, I've been in this situation before and it's like, you it's like, you're almost like just stuck on this hamster wheel that you can't get off of because like you, you just can't. It's like, that you'd rather like almost get hit by a car and like be in the hospital for like years than lose the person that you love, even if they're not giving you everything. And that sounds fucking crazy. I used to, I used to actually fantasize about standing up for myself for him. Like I like fantasized about it. And then it got to a point where I kind of like wished that he would break up with me because I knew the situation I was in was really toxic. And I, didn't think I had the strength to walk away. Um, and it, it kind of sucks that he like made at the end of the day, like he never once was like, we need to stop. Like he saw how much pain he was putting you in and he still made you do it at, at the end of the day. Yeah, it was, it was hard. And, you know, I really did fall in love with him, like as toxic and as hard as our relationship was in the end, like, you know, those dynamics didn't just happen overnight. Like it was really, really like amazing for a really long time. And like staying in that relationship was like, I kept hoping I really did fall in love with him and I don't want him to be miserable. Like I don't want him to wake up one day and find out that he's all alone. Like I really do want him to be happy. I just like wish it could have been with me. Right. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from 
And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. Yeah, I know. And, and I know I've shared this with you, but I I mean, I really did go through a very similar experience and and it broke me and I, I will I mean, it's been, it's been a few years now, but it, um, I'll just give a little bit of a backstory. So I was managing a band and there were two guys in the band and I started spending a lot of time with one of the guys and it was a secret from the other one. And for a while, I think for a few months, we would, were like, we really like each other. And we would lay in my bed till like literally till the sun came up and be like cuddling and talking the entire night. And we would not let ourselves kiss because we were like, we can't cross that line. And then of course, finally we did. And I mean, we were going on dates. We were doing all the things that like people do. We like went and saw the Empire State Building on my birthday, like to the top of the Empire State Building on my birthday. We went and flew, we went flying a plane together. Like we were doing all of these things. I was spending five, six nights out of the week with him at his apartment. And he would tell me like we would lay in his bed and he would tell me that he's never felt this way about anyone. He's never felt more connected to anyone. He feels more connected to me than he felt with his ex-girlfriend who he dated for seven years. And this whole time I was like, well, yeah, like we're dating. And at one point he was like, we can never be actually in a relationship. Like we can't date and work together. I'm like, well, what are we doing? He's like, we're just like, what do you mean? What are we doing? I'm like, well, we like we're doing everything that couples do but so like yeah like you are my boyfriend he's like no like I can't be your boyfriend I'm like but you are literally you we talk 24 7 we have all of like we've done all of these things we spend every freaking day and night together literally he it got to the point where I went home I went home with him to Minnesota for a week over the holidays to meet his family and see where he grew up and he took me on like a tour of his town and all over and to both of his parents houses and to his like high school and elementary school and his childhood home and like it was like the most intense thing I've ever experienced and it was the same thing where he was like doing all these things saying all these things I'm sleeping in his a childhood bedroom with him and he's like but we're not dating and there were so many like 
terrible times where like I would be up all night crying by myself because I was so confused and it was so hard. And after a while, like on the nights that we weren't hanging out, if he like stopped answering me, I was like, I would start getting scared. I'm like, well, if he says we're not dating, then like, is he out hooking up with other girls? And he always said he wasn't. Turns out he was hooking up with other girls the entire time. Um, the entire time we were doing this. And it's lasted for almost a year. And he also, when when all was said and done, like, I mean, he literally made me like made me feel like I was an absolute worthless piece of trash on the sidewalk that someone kicks. And like, I've never been more depressed in my life. I didn't know it was possible to feel this bad. And all of my friends were like, Alana, like, you need to stop. Like, you need to stop seeing him. Like, stop going over. I'm like, no, like, you guys don't see how he treats me when it's just us two, which was true. Because when it was just us two and like no one else was around, he was treating me like I was the only person on the planet. But then the second like the curtains would come back, it was like, it was like I was nothing. And it was really the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And and this is really only scratching the surface of it. But I, I, of course, I could have stopped at any time, but I, I felt like I couldn't. I felt like if I, if I stop doing this, like, what do I have? Like, what am I? I'm nothing without this guy because that's how he made me feel. And when I wasn't with him, when we weren't talking, he put me down. He made me feel like I was absolutely nothing. He made me feel like I was fucking crazy. And it was so hard. And like, I, I've never felt more alone. I've never felt in more pain. And it took the the way it ended up ending was it. He said like, he was like, we can't do this anymore. This is too hard. Like he was like, I'm, I don't sleep anymore. I'm crying. Like and he was say, saying that like, this is now like the hardest thing he's going through. But then we kept spending six nights a week together. We like quote unquote broke up and I was still sleeping in his bed six nights a week. And then eventually he told the other person, the other guy, because this was still a secret the entire time. And um, I ended up having a conversation with the other guy and he like completely made me out to seem like this like crazy psycho manipulative person where he told the other guy that like we maybe kissed once or twice and that I was making the rest. Anything else I said was a lie. And I thought I was losing my mind. Like I did not know which way was up. I did not know what to do. And I didn't, I really did not think I could like go on. And it was so hard. And and I feel like sometimes we let people really like treat us so terribly. And it's like, he said, like he said the same thing that Sam said. He was like, you deserve so much more. Like, I am afraid I can't give you what you deserve. Like, I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to let you down. And it's like, well, that's exactly what you are doing. So like, why don't you, it's just like, I don't, it's just so hard when you feel like you are, you do like, I knew I deserved more, but I was like, but I don't care. Like I'll take whatever I can get from him. Yeah. I, it's like, it's like by no fault of your, Oh, and you're reduced to this feeling of nothingness. And it's just like, I felt like I had something to prove. I almost feel like it's this, like, there's a lot of maybe imposter syndrome in, 
and dating, like I began to feel so unworthy of him. It was like someone like him could never like really take me seriously. Like every insecurity, because the thing is, I guess the thing is, is that beginning of our relationship was so emotionally intense. Like he inserted himself in my life in such a way so that I became emotionally dependent on him mm-hmm. and then just like took it away. He just emotionally abandoned me. Yeah. And it was like, it was like this game of Jenga. Like he built me up in such a way. And then like over time began to kind of pull the pieces out. And then, you know, you pull the one block too fast or hard and you just crumble. Like, and I remember it was, I basically had a nervous breakdown after I broke up with him. Like I oh, same. was in a period of shock. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't focus on my job. I couldn't focus on friends. I couldn't watch TV. All I could do was cry. Um, and I called my boss at work and I was basically like, I need to take a break. And I took, you know, three weeks off from work and I went home and I remember just being with my mom and feeling like I was screwing my life up. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, I feel like I'm ruining my life and like everything that I've worked so hard for. And she was just like, but this isn't a life worth living. Like I feel so sad that, that this is the best you think you deserve that. Like, this is the relationship that you think you are worthy of. Like, and you know, it's just a job. Like you can get another job. Like, he's just a boy. And like, I really, I like knew I deserved better, but it was like, I still felt like I had to prove to him that like, I really had to like prove that I was so worthy of him because I just didn't like believe it or like, I didn't hold on to those beautiful moments in the beginning. Cause it's like, well, he was like, he, he was like this with me. Like he doesn't always treat me like poorly. He doesn't always make me feel this way. Sometimes he's made me feel like I'm the most important and special person in the world. And it's like, that's what makes it so hard to let go and to like say that you're going to be okay without them. It's just like, even in the end, like we had these really, really good moments. Yeah. And it's just like, it's really hard to walk away. Like it's just like an addiction or a high, like you're so, it's an addiction. Like the good moments just make the bad ones so worth it. So talking about that that addiction, let's talk about one thing that you and I have been doing a lot of since we first talked, which obviously like in getting over someone, I think one of the hardest things is, I mean, obviously getting over someone and moving on takes time. I think that's really at the end of the day, the only way to do it. But when you break up, it, you still are following them on social media. You still have all of their things at, like at your apartment, your house, like there's still all these pictures on your phone and all of these memories everywhere you look. So it's, it's really tough. So I know one thing that we've been doing is every time you look at his Instagram, um, what we decided to do, and I've, I've never done this with anyone before, but we decided to send each other like weird emojis. So every time you looked at his Instagram story, let's talk about it. Why don't you walk me through all the yeah. Instagram stuff? I guess like, I know everyone says after a breakup, like you should block someone or unfollow them. And I had a really hard time doing that. Um, I guess I'm just like, not ready to, I'm still not really ready to. Um, And I guess for me, it was just like, I guess it's a couple things. It's like, 
I felt so confused during so much of our relationship and I never really got closure or answers. And I guess I'm just like looking for an answer somewhere. Not that I would find it like on his social media or he'd be so cryptic, but like, I don't know, but I guess also it's like seeing if he's dating someone new or like what he's up to. And it's like, you know, looking to see, and he does post stories a lot. Like he is pretty active on social media. Um, so it's like, you know, looking at his story and seeing what he's up to and curiosity does kill the cat. Cause that's how I found out he had a new girlfriend. Cause he was, you know, posting her all over social media. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's really hard. It becomes this like weird habit. And with Alana, we've been like working through this thing of saying, okay, like if I look at his social media, I have to send a, like my emoji is a skunk. Um, and I'm doing the same thing because even though my my ex and I broke up like two years ago, but it's out of habit. It's like sometimes I'll go on Instagram. It's like I, he doesn't even post anything. We have not spoken in like over a year. And it's just out of habit that I go and type the first letter of his name just to see, just to check because I had done it for so long. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this with you. And there were like, there are days where I will still check like literally two years after our relationship ended like multiple times and obviously I'm over it now but for a while I wasn't and it it's so hard and and like you said yeah like everyone always says just block them or unfollow them like get rid of them everywhere but it's like that's so much easier said than done and yeah I mean I think there's a lot to be said about being ready to do it like you said and if you're not ready to do it I don't think it's going to be as impactful as you want it to be. And so what we are trying to do is just like do a little bit less each day. Yeah. And I will say I'm now at a point where I've kind of deleted all social media off my phone because it's really hard to see him with this new girl. Um, And I think for me, it's just like, I'm so looking for that validation that I like meant something to him because like I just like loved him very earnestly. And I I think Olivia Rodrigo says it best. And I think the song is like, not enough for you. It's like, I loved him so, just so earnestly and so purely. So for him to like put me in a position where he had planned to walk out that like, he put me in a position where he set me up for heartbreak. Like it kills me. Um, and I don't know, like, it's really hard to let go. Um, and I, I feel like having this visual of like what I'm doing, it's a, it's just like, okay, this is unhealthy. Like you're torturing yourself. Like you can't keep looking at social media all day long. And it's also this like accountability thing. It's like, okay, but if I look his social media, then I have to like text Alana <laughs> and, you know, I don't want my phone to be like, um, this, like the whole screen to just be like emoji skunks. Like <laughs> it's, it's like, I think it, it was like at one point, like the most used emoji. And I was like, okay, this is this is too much. Like I can't be a stalker. I can't torture myself. Yeah. But I think it's also like, it's really hard to break up. Like I went through a period of shock. Like I kept waiting for it. We like had a Snapchat streak. Like I kept waiting for him to Snapchat me. And like, mm-hmm. I kept waiting for him to text me Lila Tove. And I honest did to you, God, did you see the Snapchat streak go to like the timer? And were you just like staring at it, like wondering and we, that's the most painful thing ever. We had the like double heart thing, which meant that like we snapped each other the most for like, and it like just killed me. And I, I don't know, like, I don't really know what I expected to happen. I just like, 
it was really a shock for me. Just, it felt like withdrawal. Like I, like, I, I mean, I honestly didn't know what to do with my weekends. Like I didn't know what to do with myself. I, because, you know, again, like it's a pandemic, like so much of my life was spent with him. Like it, I really, you know, it was just very, very intense. And it's again, like making your bubble smaller and it's, it's really hard or even like, you know, his t-shirt, like, I think I wore it for like two weeks straight and that was unhealthy. And the like little plush woolly mammoth that he gave me, um, you know, I slept with it. It's now in a box in my closet. Yeah, it Um, is. But it's like, I think working with Alana has really helped me do that. I've taken really like small steps, which probably sound really simple, but like, it is really hard to do. It's, it's, it's like, it's hard to let go of someone and it's hard to accept that something's over. And, um, I think it's also like, what do I do with these feelings? What do I do with these memories? Like, even if I didn't mean something to him, like he meant something really significant to me. Yeah. And it, it's more than just like mourning a relationship. You're mourning a friendship. You're mourning a connection and, and like the belief that you found this person that is like the perfect other half of you. And it's also like mourning the way that you were with him. Because I, I feel like when we, when we do love someone, we're like this version of ourselves that we're like, everything is elevated and we feel better than we've ever felt and it's like oh like it's like oh my god is that is that gone like I'm never gonna feel that way again now I'm just gonna feel terrible all the time yeah it's it's I worry that like I'm not gonna have that dynamic again or that like I'm never gonna feel the way I felt about him for someone else like it's I know I will but But, it's it's just like it's really hard and it's scary and and it's just like it's really disappointing like when someone disappoints you, it's really, really sad. Um, it's sad when someone disappoints you and they're not who that you thought they were. And um, yeah, like it, just when everything happened between us, like when he first was like, we're not dating, it was such a shock. Um, and it's just, it's, it's hard to let go. I've had a really, again, a really hard struggle with that. And I feel like Alana just, I I feel like she's validating this experience because I felt crazy. Like I actually felt like a crazy person and her expressing that, like she had a similar experience and that she went through similar feelings in it. And she also struggled with like, as letting go. It just made me feel more normal and more whole, like in a way that friends I've known a lifetime, like couldn't even help me feel just, it's like this validation that I've been looking for. Yeah. Well, and I know I've said this too, but it's like, you're not the first person to feel this way. You're not going to be the last person to feel this way. And it, it is really hard and it is really scary. And and one of the things about breakups that we've talked about is that like, you don't always, you can't always fully open up to your friends or to your family. It's like, there's so much like shame and embarrassment around the way that you feel, but it you do have to have someone that you can fully talk to and kind of unload on, which is why I'm, I'm so glad that like we found each other when we did, because like what I would have done to have that person when I needed them. And like, oh um, I was, I was not okay first. It, it really took me like two years, like the, the place that you're in now, you are miles ahead of where I was with, with like the time that you've been going through this. And, and I really am like, so proud of you. And oh, thank you. Like you really have, grown so much and like you don't realize how strong you're becoming from facing all of this and doing all of this work yeah it's it is really hard and I guess again like 
breakups are really hard and they do make you feel really, really broken. Like I felt really broken. Mm -hmm. Um, and still some days I do, but it's like, like it's normal. And as I, you know, it's like, you don't, I guess sometimes I think like, was it worth it? Like, do I wish he never came in my life or like, what do I wish happened? And it's like, obviously I wish that things could have turned out the way I wanted them to, which was like seeing this adventure through and that like, yeah, I really did see a future with him. I would have followed him anywhere in the world. And I thought that like, we really did encourage each other to be better as people just like outside of our relationship. Like it's really hard, but I think in breaking up with someone, like you gain a lot of strength and it's, it's really hard. Like, but it's okay that it's hard. Like it's normal that it's hard. It means that like it meant something to you. And um, I can't remember. It was one of the podcasts. I want to say it was like with Allie and Rourke, but Mm -hmm. like feel like having feelings and emotions for someone like that is really strong. Um, Like at the end of the day, like he was a coward. Like he decided that he couldn't do it. Like, I, I don't know what scared him. I have no idea, but like, he just like up and decided one day that like he couldn't be in a relationship to me, which is fine. Like, that's not what I'm upset about. I'm not upset that like he didn't like me back or he didn't love me the way I loved him. It was that like, he was a coward. Like he just let me, he just like let me be in the situation that he knew I probably wouldn't leave. Like he probably mm-hmm. thought like, okay, I'll date this girl or not date this girl. Cause we weren't really dating, <laughs> but um, you know, I'll just like be this girl until I moved to New York. But I don't know. Like it's, it's really hard. And for people who are going through breakups or who have that like residual emotion towards it, like it's normal and it's really valid. Yeah. Everything that, that you've experienced that I've experienced, it it could feel like the most painful thing in the world. It could feel like the loneliest thing in the world, but a, like you're not alone and B you're not, you're not crazy. And what you're feeling is normal. It's, it's a, it's a pain that you can't describe to someone unless they've been through it or they're going through it, which is, which is part of it. I mean, I, and this is something I've said on the show before, but like I, when I meet someone, like everyone kind of wants to know like, Oh, like, has this person like been in love before? Like, have they been in a relationship before? Like to me, it's like, I want to know if someone's been heartbroken before because like, like, because that's been such a part of like me becoming the person I am is like going through that and learning from that and, and learning about like life and love in myself. So that's something that I always like am interested about. One question I have for you is like, obviously I I know you just said like, you think about like, Oh, like, do I wish I did this or that? But like going back to that, that first conversation that you had where you said like, what are we? And, And he was like, well, like, I, I'm not, I can't be in a relationship right now. Like, I don't want like to date someone out. I'm not in the place in my life to do that. Like, does any part of you wish you had just said like, okay, then, then, then we should stop here. Or if, if for someone who's listening, who is having that conversation and, or like hearing somebody else say that, like, should they take that chance to to walk away. Yeah, I I do really regret not walking away. I well it's hard I to think, say cuz it's like it, it's hard to say yeah. like I at the end of the day like we it, it's a really hard situation like again it was a pandemic and like I really do feel like we provided each other with some with like a lot of comfort during really tough and isolating times but yeah. I would fantasize about 
standing up for myself. Like I remember one of the last times that he slept over, it was like not a great night for us. He like said probably the most crude thing that anyone has ever said to me in my entire life. Um, in like a really vulnerable moment. And I remember thinking like, I just want him to leave. Like there were so many times where I wanted to stand up for myself. And literally to this day, I fantasize about being in these moments where he just treated me like I was so disposable. And I, for whatever reason, like I felt so stifled. Like I couldn't, I guess it's like, it's like WandaVision. If anyone's seen that, it was, it was easier to stay in Westview and less painful, even though it was ultimately more harmful than to like really confront what was happening to me. And I do wish I had said, you know what, like I am worth the risk of failing in my duty and in your duty. Like I'm worth, I'm worth it. I, I see you as worth it. And if you don't see me as worth it, then like it's your loss. Um, because, you know, again, he used to say like, I've never met anyone like you before. And it's true. Like he, this girl he's dating, like she may be prettier than I am and she may be funnier and smarter and she might be all, all better than I am, but like, no one's ever going to love him the way I did. Like, no one's going to be as patient with him as I was. No one, no one will support him the way I did or would be as generous. Like, I, I really do wish I walked away. And I think if you're in that situation where someone makes you feel worthless, like walk away. It's really, really, really hard to do. But like, I, I found myself in a situation where I accepted someone saying, giving me this emotional ultimatum where they said, I will treat you however I want to treat you. And I know that like, you will be a perfect girlfriend to me, but like, that's my prerogative. Like it, I, I do, I do wish I had walked away. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And, and to anyone who's listening, I mean, please like reach out. Um, obviously we're, we're keeping this anonymous, but like reach out to me, and let me know if you're going through this because I don't want you to feel alone because you're not and because you are going to get through it just like I did just like she did and as like no matter what you're feeling like you are going to be okay and you are going to find someone who appreciates the love that you give because that's the thing you have so much love to give and you were giving it and he was accepting it but he wasn't appreciating it And that's not right at the end of the day. Like that isn't fair. And that's not a way, like that's not somebody that you could have gone on with for that much longer, even if things were consistently great. Like even if that switch didn't happen, it, it would have caught up to you. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, if I hadn't walked, I used to like really wonder what would have happened. And of course I still do. Like if, I hadn't ended things when I did. And I remember like when we'd gotten into that fight right before he sent me that last text where he was like, I see that you're struggling. I felt really stressed out. Like I actually thought he was going to break up with me. Um, But, you know, I don't think he ever would have. I think this relationship dynamic would have just gotten more extreme. Like if he was going to break up with me, he would have done it a really long time ago and he didn't. And unfortunately, like I had to do it. And again, it's really hard. And So I guess I will say to other people who've been broken up with before and they like resent that person. No, it actually means they probably respect you. Like he didn't respect me. If he respected me, he wouldn't have just like blatantly used me. Like that's what he was doing. He was blatantly using me. Like it was a good deal for him. Um, And 
you know, if he respected or cared for me at all, like he would have let me go. And so I will say to people who have been dumped before, like, I hope that makes you feel a little bit better. Um, yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about doing some listener questions? I would love to do some listener questions. (laughs) Okay. To everyone listening, thank you for tuning in to Seeing Other People. Seeing Other People is made possible by our wonderful sponsor, Mindset Wellness CBD. This brand is amazing. The founders, John and Renee, are an amazing married couple and incredible people. If you haven't checked out our episode with them, Married to the Business, you absolutely have to. And if you haven't tried Mindset Wellness CBD's CBD gummies, you are without a doubt missing out. They are the absolute best. I have the rest gummies, the focus gummies, the calm gummies, the happy gummies, and I love all of them like equally. I feel like they're my children where like I can't pick between which one I love more because they're all really great and special in their own way. So if you're curious, if you want to try them, if you want to try one or try them all, head to mindsetwellnesscbd.com. And of course, use the code seeing other people at checkout that will get you 10% off and free shipping. So win, win, win. (laughs) Is it a red flag if a guy has dated slash been in a relationship with a lot of girls? I guess it depends on how old the the guy is, the length of those relationships, um, what you would consider a lot. You know, if they're in their late 20s and they maybe had like three or four, maybe like a serious relationship in high school, serious relationship in college, two others in their 20s, probably not. If they are 24 and have had three relationships over the course of a year, then yes, probably. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think, you know, it's, is it like, are they cycling through people or, you know, is, is it like they've had these substantial, meaningful relationships, they are old enough that it's, it's not like a crazy number. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think that's perfectly said. I think it's, a, it's a situation where you are going to have to kind of get a little bit uncomfortable and ask those questions to get those answers. Cause it could be a red flag or it could be a green flag that this person is in touch with their emotions and over time has had connections with people and has had relationships. And, and those have been either like positive experiences or, or not, but regardless, it's like, yeah, like I know people who have been in like five relationships, but over like 10 years. And I also know people who have been in five relationships in a year and one situation is a red flag and one situation is not. Yeah. So ask the questions. All right. How to end it with someone you've been dating for a couple of months. Can I do it over text or in, do I have to do it in person? Um, I would say I'm of the belief that it's probably not a good idea to have serious conversations over text. Um, I feel like a lot of the situations I've been in, like they don't end well over text. It's hard to read tone. You know, maybe if it's only been like two months, maybe give them a phone call. Like if you don't feel like it warrants an in-person person thing, if it's like closer to that six month mark, like I would give them the respect of doing it in person. I agree. I think if if you have a really deep and intense and like real relationship and you ended over text, like that's so shitty. The person deserves more. But if it's like you've been seeing them, you've gone on like eight or 10 dates, maybe over a few months, like at least... I still think at least like give them the decency of a phone call or a video chat. If for some reason you can't meet up in person, like 
because because you don't know what they're feeling. And I, I think you do have to consider someone else's feelings when you're going through a breakup and also think about like the timing of it. And um, I forget what episode it was, but we talked about like, if someone has like a big presentation coming up at work, like wait a day or two until after that, like just kind of consider these different things and like be a decent person about it. Because like, this is someone at one point you did care about at one point you did see something with them. So I think always considering that. And and if you can do it in person, it, it always will be better. But yeah. One thing to say on that though, actually, if you're going to break up with someone in person, like get to the event or whatever, like get to the place that you're seeing them and break up with them. I've had guys end things with me, like after having like, like on a Saturday night, we have like this amazing, romantic, like wonderful date. And then they sleep over. And then in the morning, we're like laying in bed, like talking for hours. And then at the end of it, like three hours later, after we wake up, they're like, okay, so like, by the way, like, and literally like end it right then and there. And I'm like, why did you just do all of that with me? Like, why did you literally have that experience with me that like, like make more memories with me, make me like you more like I opened up a lot in like, during these last like, 12 24 hours whatever like that's not fair to someone yeah if if you're gonna break up with them like meet up and break up yeah I, I will say I think like going for a walk or like sitting in a park or something is a really like safe place to do it don't do it at a restaurant don't pull like an L Woods and uh shoot what's his name Warner yeah 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 Warner um don't do the middle of a restaurant don't do it somewhere public because breakups can be really emotional and it's it's not really fair to the other person. So yeah, I think just like a really safe space. Agreed. Uh, yeah. For a walker or, or in a park, I think is a really good idea. Um, okay. Two more. Is it too soon to move in with someone if it's only been a few months of dating? Is there a time frame for this kind of thing? Um, there's not necessarily a time frame, but a few months of dating is definitely not within that not time frame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I would say that, um, I mean, I guess like everyone's different, every situation's different, but I, I think it's good to at least have maybe like six months to a year. Um, I guess I feel like a year is a really good time just because you go through all the seasons with them. Like you go through, you know, yeah, but I feel like it's maybe a little fast. You also don't want to be in a situation where, uh, you're like in a lease with someone and you, you find out it doesn't work. Like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe gradually do it. Like where you're sleeping at their place a few nights a week, they're sleeping at your place a few nights a week. Like see how you guys live together. Um, I feel like a few months is a very, very short amount of time. It, you don't know everything about someone in, that you need to know when moving in with them. Like, yes, it's different with a roommate or a friend, but like, because like you're just, like sharing an apartment, like if you're moving in with the person you're dating, you're sharing a life with them. And I I do think you really need to give it more time. Like you need to, you need to know how you problem solve together. You need to know how you like get through difficult times together before you do something like move in. And the other thing with that is like the honeymoon period can last for like almost a year. Like you can be in that for a long time. And I think it's really important to be out of the honeymoon phase when you move in together because otherwise like reality is going to hit you very hard and that could be really difficult to work through if like you're both just in the same exact place like you don't have an outside 
like you don't have your own space. Everything is shared. I think that could be really tough. Yeah, I would say I agree with that. Like it's important to grow together as a couple where you still have your independent lives. Like I think it just becomes like too intertwined. You need to make sure that like you can fit into each other's lives really well before like you completely meld into like one life. 100%. All right. And the last one, I'm in love with my ex, but don't want to be. Is it unfair to date others knowing I love someone else? Um, I guess, you know, I, I feel like, like, no, I mean, yes and no. Uh, at some point you have to move on with your life and, um, you know, it's, you may hold on to that love in some way, but it doesn't mean that like your heart can't expand and like love someone else. Uh, I would say like, take things slowly when you start dating somebody else. Um, because you have to be delicate with your own heart, but you also have to be really delicate with other people's. Like if there's one thing I've learned is that like people are really fragile and, you know, you don't want to be in a situation where someone falls in love with you. And then like, you, you can't for whatever reason, like give that back to that person. So like take things slowly, be upfront with people. Like no one's going to judge you. I guess you do get to a certain point in dating if you are single and it's your mid to late twenties where people do come with dating baggage. Like, you know, people have had heartbreaks and other experiences. Um, but also, you know, do the, do the work on yourself where you feel like you can be at peace with that past relationship and, um, allow yourself to move on. Yeah. That was so, so incredibly well said. And I think, like you said, like in dating and like kind of like putting yourself back out there and, and living your life is a part of the process in moving on. But at the same time, you do have to take it slow and, and one person, like one date at a time and really be careful. Um, and, and I kind of think this actually is a really good example of, or a really good like reference to mine, uh, how me and Jonah started where like I was still in love with my ex. I was very much not over it, but I was like, let me try. Like, let me try and put myself out there and go on a date. And I went on a date and I had a great time. And I went on another date and Jonah and I went on a few dates and I did, I was like, oh my God, like, but I'm still like thinking about, I, I, I was crying about my ex before and after every date while like developing uh, feelings for Jonah. And uh, it was a really important thing for me to realize that I could have feelings for someone else. That was so important in my process of moving on. But at the same time, that wasn't fair to Jonah and that wasn't fair to me. And I was, so that's when I decided to let him know like, Hey, I care about you and I like value what we have in our connection, but I am not, I'm not in a place I need to be. And I think that's totally okay. And that's, I think it's really important to take it slow for that reason. And to not get too ahead of yourself. So just proceed with caution, but definitely like put yourself out there and and be open to experiences and to meeting people and finding connections because it, whether it happens instantly or it happens over time, like you will in in doing that, like move on. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. I feel like I've, I go on dates. I haven't really met anyone I've been excited about, but I think for me, like, a good, and I've expressed this to Alana, like a really good marker of 
me feeling like I moved on would be my ability to feel excited about someone else. Like, even if it doesn't go anywhere, we only have like one or two dates, just like knowing I can feel excited for someone. And like, there's the possibility of developing feelings. Like, I feel like that would be a huge win for me. Yeah, I think that really is like one of the biggest like humps to get over and, and one of the biggest like milestones in going through a breakup. Yeah, I well, agree. Thank you so much. Oh, thank I, you. I really can't express how much I value this conversation and all the conversations we've had before and, and how much I appreciate you coming on because I have no doubt in my mind that there are people who are listening to this who have been like nodding their head or like getting the chills or just like feeling exactly what you're you've expressed and and who are going through the same thing and I I think it's just so important and and so amazing that we were able to have this conversation and and let other people know that they're not alone yeah and I just also like I just expressed my gratitude to Alana. Like people, I mean, people talk about meeting like strange men on the internet all the time, but like you also like, you know, you also can meet like develop friendships with people. And that has just been like a bonus of all of this was like meeting someone that I've really connected with. And um, it really has helped me again, like heal and feel more whole. It's just like having someone that I can just speak honestly about and, and talk about this with like it it really has made all the difference and then like i said you've helped me too so i'm so glad i'm so grateful i can't wait for us to like meet in one in person one day it's gonna happen it's, it's gonna, gonna happen. happen it will but happen. you're not coming to new york so no i'm not going to new york anytime soon <laughs> nope not allowed if you're ever um, in boston <laughs> well but. thank you to everyone listening thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you next time Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah, that too, Scout, that too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are Sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!